What's up, y'all? This is the ADF Underground brought to you by All Day Football. What's up, y'all? I am your host, Chris. I call me Chouse. Welcoming you back to another episode. Week four is officially underway. We already had Thursday night football kickoff. Uh, but first, before we kick into that, obviously the big news on tap is the fact that COVID has hit the Tennessee Titans. They have an outbreak going on in their facility, within their team, within the coaches and the players. Uh, it has prompted the NFL to move forward and cancel that contest this weekend. Uh, they planned on moving it to Monday or Tuesday, but unfortunately the cases uh, continue to spread and they had to shut it down, uh, essentially giving the Titans and the Steelers a bye week uh, for week four. I mean, we we expected some form of COVID to hit, but I don't think any, any of us really expected this to happen. The NFL is taking measures. Uh, they said that they will be fining, potentially uh, removing draft picks from clubs who don't abide by the rules set in place uh, to uh, uh, keep COVID at bay, uh, keep it uh, outside the walls of the NFL. So, I mean, this is a big loss. I mean, for the fantasy football community, now you are without your players. If you have lots of Pittsburgh Steve or Tennessee Titans, you are uh, uh, without players and going to have to be looking in other directions for them. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a crappy situation. Hopefully this is a one-off and we don't see this uh, transpire as the season goes forward because, I mean, this really sucks. Next week we heard uh, the, the potential is there if the cases continue to rise that the Titans won't be able to play against the Buffalo Bills. So, I mean, uh, this could be a really bad situation. Uh, hopefully it it, it clears up the cases uh go away uh quickly and and hopefully uh, we can move forward with football i mean we saw this uh a similar thing in baseball when the uh, the miami marlins they had a whole team outbreak and they had to adjust and maneuver the schedule but i mean uh they made it through the season the mlb season made it through so hopefully with uh, greater precautions this does not become a bigger problem than it already is so nevertheless, week four, let's kick it off with Thursday night football, the Denver Broncos and the New York Jets. A lot of uh, a lot of us, uh, not me included, I mean, I like football, period. I mean, this is what I do. This is what I cover. So I'm watching every game regardless of the competition. A lot of you uh, had pegged this game being a uh, snooze fest, uh, something that nobody would have been interested in watching. And I mean, I get it. Two 0-3 teams. The Jets don't look very good. Uh, everyone in New York is calling for Coach Gase's head now. They want him gone. Um, and, and what, what were we really going to expect? I mean, the Jets are completely hampered with injuries. Uh, Jamison Crowder came back, which was a good sign. I mean, the, the Broncos lost their starting quarterback, Drew Locke. Now they went with the youngster, Brett Rippon, who is the nephew of Mark Rippon, a Super Bowl quarterback back in the day, uh, Mark Rippon. So, I mean... I personally, as a, 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 my love for scouting, my love for uh, evaluating players, I was intrigued. I really was curious to see what Brett Rippon was going to do. And he really he played very well. I mean, uh, as the game started wearing on, you saw that the defense confused him enough to make him throw three interceptions in that second half. Um, but, I mean, he played fairly well. I mean, for his very first start, he was 19 of 31, 242. He did throw those two touchdowns, and he was able to do enough to set up the run game to find his receivers and and I, I outside of the three interceptions I mean you can't really hate what he did and what he put on the field Melvin Gordon had a great day he went 23 carries for 107 and he found the end zone twice on the ground um, the, the second touchdown did come at the end of the game where they sealed the deal and uh, he actually ran into his own lineman bounced it outside and the Jets just had no answer no one there to take him down Tim Patrick the, I, I mentioned him last week um, uh, I believe Believe on the on the ADF Underground and on another show, I, I I mentioned Tim Patrick. He his role is actually beginning to grow. So fantasy football wise, definitely keep an eye out for him on the waiver wire next week. He is basically taking the Cortland Sutton role, and he is he's flourishing. He's doing very well. Patrick had six catches for one thirteen and one touchdown. Jerry Judy also found his way into the end zone on limited targets. He only caught two balls, but I mean he put uh, Tim Patrick played very well. I'm I'm very impressed. 
he's got the height. He's got he's got decent wheels. And I mean, he cooked the uh, the defensive back in the in the middle of the field, which was which was interesting. And Rippon hit him hit him uh, perfectly. So I, you you can't hate what the Denver Broncos are trying to accomplish. Um, but as for the Jets, I mean, Sam Darnold, the poor guy, he was sacked six times. Threw for two thirty, no touchdowns, no picks. But I mean, he did have that wicked run. I mean, if you if you missed it, catch the highlight. He broke free, ran for a big, big uh, uh, touchdown run. Was very nice to see. Um, outside of that, I mean, there really wasn't a whole heck of a lot to get excited about. If you're a New York Jets fan, Jamison Crowder did come back. He went seven for one hundred four, which was nice. They found something in this Jeff Smith wide receiver. He was the secondary piece. He went seven for eighty one. But there's so many problems with this Jets club I mean uh, at this point I don't see how you can keep coach Gase on but the the ownership continues to stand pat and they continue to support the men so I mean if they're going to continue to lose what is the objective here is it to lose out and and get that top pick and stay with coach Gase as he rebuilds this club I mean that's that's a lot of patience for these uh, New York Jet fans I personally couldn't stomach it. I think it's time to move on. Is Sam Darnold uh, the true product that we believed he was? I mean, I wasn't as high as the next guy on Sam Darnold when he was drafted. I was more about the Baker, the the Josh Allen. Um, I even was on Sam Rosen, but I mean, that uh, we all know how that turned out. Or uh, Josh Rosen, excuse me, and we all know how that, how that turned out. But uh, when it comes to Sam Darnold, I don't think it's done. I just think that his progression is being stifled by the fact that Coach Gase, he forces players to to abide to his system, and he's not changing for any player. And and it's 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 seen with uh, how many players he's he's let walk away. The lack of usage for star talent like Le'Veon Bell. So I mean, this is such a bad situation for the Jets, and and I mean, I don't see it becoming rectified this season whatsoever. Uh, and it is it is truly a mess. The Denver Broncos, however, they get their first win. There's not going to be a whole heck of a lot for them this season, and maybe. Uh, uh, yeah, when Drew Locke comes back, they start to get a little bit better. I mean, but maybe Rippon does bring them up a little bit, and they can they can start competing. But I mean, they're still a young team building, and they're they're going to be a few years off too. So that was Thursday night football. The Broncos take the take the game. Uh, they win big, and and they move forward. So moving on to Sunday, we got a full slate of games. Obviously, minus the Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers, like I mentioned. Let's start off with the Indianapolis Colts and the Chicago Bears. Nick Foles gets his first start of uh, the season. Uh, first start as a Chicago Bear. Mitchell Trubisky has found his way to the pine. So I mean now is the time for Nick Foles to show if he can actually be the quarterback uh, that he's supposed to be. I mean, he, the Jacksonville Jaguars paid him a, a massive sum of money to bring him over after he won that Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles. Never, Nothing ever transpired there. That injury uh, got him out with uh, Gardner Minshew replacing him in that department. But now he has his chance again with the Chicago Bears. And I mean, this... To me, I'm intrigued. I really want to see. I'll be paying a lot of attention to how Coach Nagy uh, plays, uh, calls the systems, calls the plays, um, and I'm curious to see how Nick Foles operates. I mean, I get it. Uh, he came back and beat the Atlanta Falcons last week, but this is Nick Foles' pedigree, right? It has to be. He he brought the Eagles off the bench. He 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 played to perfection in a limited role to to win that Super Bowl. Can he sustain for an entire season? I mean, we're only in week four, so you still have twelve games to play. Um, I mean, it, it, this the season's a grind. We know this. The season's a massive grind. Where I do like this is David Montgomery gets a definite uptick in fantasy football. I think what the limitations that Mitchell Trubisky gave this offense, I think, can be uh, exploited with Nick Foles that much more. I'm more excited even more for Allen Robinson. I think his numbers will continue to increase, even though he was already putting up very sound numbers in that process. Jimmy Graham gets an uptick. So, I mean... I, I, I want to see it before I endorse it, but I really like what I see uh, potentially happening with the Chicago Bears. Hopefully Matt Nagy can uh, utilize him appropriately. As for the Colts, I mean... 
what's there to say about the Colts right now? They've been steady. They're two and one. They're using the ground game. Uh, Philip Rivers hasn't looked as good as I had envisioned him to look. I thought he would have built a better chemistry with his wide receivers by now. That has not happened. Uh, they lost Michael Pittman, so now they're going to go back to Zach Pascal with T.Y. Hilton. Um, and I mean, that's basically a receiving core. Mo Ali Cox, he's been looking good, and that's where where Philip Rivers is finding the connection. He's finding it with his running backs. He's finding it with the tight end again. And I mean, this was his staple back with the Chargers when Antonio Gates was there and feeding uh, Darren Sproles. I mean, that was what Philip Rivers he did very well um, last season and the season, couple seasons prior, where he was able to expand on that and find Keenan Allen. I thought that was going to be the T.Y. Hilton effect as well, and that just has not transpired as of yet. So, I mean, I fully expect this game to be tight. The Colts are favored by two and a half points on the road. I could see it. I mean, I took the Colts to cover this spread. I think Jonathan Taylor is just getting ready. He He's one of my favorite backs right now, one of the youthful backs uh, in this league to come out, and, and he's just been playing very well. Uh, Coach Frank Reich is the X factor in this game, in my opinion. He has formally coached uh, Nick Foles on that Super Bowl run with the Philadelphia Eagles. So, I mean, he knows everything about Nick Foles. He knows the ins and outs of what he can do, what he can't do, and he's going to definitely uh, have the leg up in that department. So, for my money, I think that uh, Nick Foles, he may have a decent day, but I think that Frank Reich uh, will definitely have the schemes helping the defensive coordinator in that department to shut him down. Uh, defensively, I mean, the Bears are just not there anymore. I, I, I struggle uh, really hard to, to suggest that they are the unit that they used to be because they're really not. The secondary looks beat up. I mean, they still have some power on the front seven, um, but outside of that, I mean, they're, they're susceptible to being punished. So I think this is a very good game for Phillip Rivers to finally find that passing chemistry with his receivers, and hopefully we see it. I'm still taking the Colts. In this contest, starting Jonathan Taylor without question, I'll probably even lock in Naheem Hines into my flex and and not be too concerned about excuse me about that. Next game I have is the New Orleans Saints uh, traveling to Detroit to face the Lions. Saints are three point favorites, but they are coming into this contest beaten. Uh, and bruised and battered. They will not have Michael Thomas. We all thought he would return for this contest. He is not a go. That uh, high ankle sprain will keep him out for at least this uh, at least this week, uh, perhaps next as well. Um, but he did get some limited sessions in on practice this week, which was positive for his potential return next week. Um, but we do have Janorius Jenkins. He is also shelved. Uh, Jared Cook is also on the shelf. And then we had uh, uh, Marshawn Lattimore. He is also not playing due to injury so very much the the new orleans saints are not healthy at this point in time or do they feel that with the with the guns they have right now that they can just walk into detroit and steal this contest i mean you're one and two right now uh the new orleans saints i mean this is a big game for you you really cannot lose this game and expect to be dominant in the postseason i mean i get it the expanded playoff format gives you the opportunity to catch that wild card but i mean you were supposed to be a, a top flight unit this year and i when i looked at your roster going into the offseason i mean it was one of the most balanced units in the entire league and it just hasn't been able to to match that uh, that vision to this point so i mean i still expect the saints to lean on alvin Kamara like they did uh, Traquan Smith and Emmanuel Sanders will have to play much better than they did last week. Now you don't have Jared Cook, so I mean the tight end is out of the question. Um, this is going to be a very interesting game. I think maybe they do lean on the ground game more. Maybe Latavius Murray has a bigger role in this game, but Drew Brees will have to find his receivers. Hopefully they don't drop passes. Otherwise, we could see the Detroit Lions steal this contest. They really could. Why do I say that? Because Kenny Galladay is back, people. Kenny Galladay, the guy I've been waiting for, he came back last week. He found himself in the end zone. Matthew Stafford looked good finding him. We do have an interesting aspect of this Detroit Detroit Lions club and that is how they are utilizing their ground game so I mean Adrian Peterson we talked about this on previous shows I mean he obviously he still has enough I mean he latched on with the the Detroit Lions after being released by the Washington football team 
And, I mean, so there's still juice in those old man legs. I mean, he's still going. He's still going strong, providing enough offense. But they're now sprinkling on Johnson back in the mix. And I found this a little peculiar. So does that suggest that DeAndre Swift, rookie DeAndre Swift, is not up to par into the system yet? Perhaps. I mean, that's kind of what I'm uh, alluding to when I watch his tape. He's just not being used enough. Perhaps the coach is just going with experience. Now we finally have something in this ground attack that we can use to set up the play action pass. Now with Galladay back, we will have that true elite wide receiver on the field. Uh, TJ Hawkinson is starting to get into the games now more and more. I mean, he's got 13 receptions already this season for 171. I think this could be a game that we see coming out party for TJ Hawkinson. I had him on my start list this week. Simply because, I mean, look what happened to the Saints defense when it came to Darren Waller a couple weeks ago on Monday Night Football. I mean, he picked them apart. Uh, TJ Hawkinson is very much uh, in the same ballpark of athleticism, and he could definitely do some damage there as well. I would not be surprised if he finds his way into the end zone this week. Um, but this game is not this game is not at all a, a gimme. Even at three-point spread for the Saints, it is not a gimme at this point, simply due to all the injuries. If the Lions play mistake-free football, I mean, I could see potentially an upset. I won't call it, but I won't be surprised. I'm still going with the Saints here to roll, um, but watch out for those Detroit Lions. Next game I had was the Arizona Cardinals going up against the Carolina Panthers. Three-and-a-half-point favorite for the Cardinals. They had a little sidestep to those Detroit Lions last week. Um, Kyler Murray didn't look his best. He wasn't as sharp. He was throwing interceptions. He was throwing into double coverage. He was making poor reads and poor decisions um, in that contest. I wasn't the most uh, elated to see it because, I mean, we know Kyler's still young. He's going to make mistakes. I mean, his completion percentage was still high, but it was the ones that cost the the, the Cardinals the game more the turnovers and they were big and they were rookie mistakes we haven't seen this so far this season from murray he has typically been on point uh he's been very sharp and in this one it was almost as though he he was relying more on his athleticism his throwing ability over what he's supposed to be doing in 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 reading defenses that's kind of how it felt to me and 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 that just means either a lack of preparation or or he was just uh, not trusting his own receiving core. So um, I, I really expect a bounce-back contest from him this week. I mean, the Carolina Panthers really played hard against the Chargers a week ago, but that was against uh, um, uh, Justin Herbert and the L.A. Chargers. So, I mean, I was I, for, I didn't really break it down, and I wish I had. Um, I went back after the fact and realized that the reason why Carolina, because I took the Chargers last week as well, and the reason Carolina was able to dissect uh, uh, L.A. so well and, and Justin Herbert so well is because Matt Rule and Joe Brady, the head coach and the offensive coordinator, their first year in the NFL, they're straight from college, so they knew everything about Justin Herbert coming into this contest, and they knew everything what to do to stop him. I mean, that was uh, 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 probably the biggest advantage that they could have had going into that game. Now you have Kyler Murray. So, yeah, is there something to say that they could have a scouting report on Murray only being in the league uh, one year and, and three games? I mean, yes, but, I mean, now, from my point, uh, Kyler is a, a veteran. He's he's already learned the game enough to have his own uh, uh built-in uh, veteranism. I mean, I'll make up a word, but I mean, but that's what it is. It's it's he's climatized to the NFL environment now, and and that college tape is now gone. So I don't think Joe Brady and and Matt Rule will be able to um, create some kind of scheme and plan against Murray as well uh, this week. So I'm I'm really excited to see what the Panthers can do. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is a question mark. He will be a full game time decision. Based on his ankle problem, um, that's a big loss. If if Kyler, or, I'm sorry, if uh, DeAndre doesn't play in this game, Kyler Murray's going to have to manufacture yardage and points somewhere else. So perhaps we see Kia Kenyon Drake uh, come into play here. I could see that happening. We haven't seen a whole lot of it this year. I mean, he's got 54 carries for 219, one touchdown. So production has been decent. He's 4.06 average yards per carry. Don't hate it. I mean, we can't hate it. But perhaps this is where 
where the week that we see him now explode. You need to lean on somebody else. Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Christian Kirk is also, I believe he's questionable with his injury. So where do, where am I going? If I'm fantasy football owners, I'm looking at Andy Isabella. If DeAndre Hopkins uh, somehow does not suit up in this contest, I'm flying on that waiver wire to pick up uh, Andy Isabella because even with Christian Kirk in the game, you're still going to run three wide out sets, and, and, and this is how it's going to be. Isabella is turning into a very great slot weapon in this league. He's not utilized as much as he should be at this point, but they're still trying to figure things out. I mean... Uh, Coach Cliff Kingsbury, he he notices this, no question about it. He's a very intelligent man. He knows everything that's going on, and I think he will utilize Andy Isabella in this contest if D-Hop does not suit up. That is for sure. For the Panthers' perspective, I mean, I it's tough, man. I can't, still can't get excited about this club, especially without Christian McCaffrey. I am not a DJ Moore hater by any stretch of the imagination, but I warned you. I warned all of you about this, and now it is coming to fruition. Okay, DJ Moore Moore is not being targeted like a number one wide receiver. Robbie Anderson is. Robbie Anderson has already taken, what, 20 receptions on 24 targets, 278, and he's got the one touchdown, zero drops. I mean, that's a big one. He's not dropping the ball. They're going deep, and, and it's working. So, I mean, when you're looking at what DJ Moore has been able to accomplish, he only was able to be successful in week two in garbage time. I mean, he really wasn't involved in the entire game plan until the game was out of hand. And this is a big concern for me because, I mean, I spoke with one of my colleagues on it, and he mentioned that his uh, air yards are extremely long. And, and that is not DJ Moore's game, not whatsoever. DJ Moore is that guy that you want running routes over the middle to the sideline, intermediate. He's the guy that's going to make you set up the deep shot. Um, but at this point, Matt Rule and Joe Brady, I mean, we knew this. They want to air out the ball. That's why they brought Teddy in. They, they, they believe he is a good uh, a deep thrower, accurate deep thrower that can get their system working. So... What do I see in this contest as a winner? I'm still going with Kyler Murray with uh, D-Hop or no D-Hop. I think that Cliff Kingsbury is still the magician. He's going to get this thing done. It may be closer than that three-and-a-half uh, spread without uh, Hopkins in the lineup. Um, it may be a one- or two-point game, maybe a field goal, but, I mean, that, that spread might be a little bit more concerning if Hopkins does not suit up. But I'm still going with the Cardinals for the victory in this contest. Next one I have is the Jacksonville Jaguars taking travel to Cincinnati to face the Bengals. Another one that I am not overly excited about outside of watching development for these players. Joe Burrow, I've already preached my love for this man. I think he is just fantastic. He is growing uh, every single week. Look what he was able to do against the Philadelphia Eagles last week. He, he ended up in a tie. I mean, so that's big praise. I mean, granted, the Eagles are not the most nimble right now they have injury history list like never before everybody's hurt but I mean they took advantage and that's what you want to see from a young quarterback in my opinion is you want to see him take advantage of teams that are hurt that are uh, battle struck I mean this is what you want to see what does concern me about the Bengals offense is the lack of usage of Joe Mixon is the lack of chemistry with AJ Green um, those two things I really want to see cleaned up in this contest, and they very well could be. However, the thing is, is that Joe Burrow has found very good chemistry with uh, the rookie T. Higgins, with Tyler Boyd, and, and perhaps they roll in that department. A.J. Green becomes something of a decoy. Um, he still gets his uh, anywhere from, what, six to eight targets in the game, but if he's, if he's pulling four for 50 uh, weekly, I mean, there's no way we can play A.J. Green anymore. Um, I want to see something better from A.J. Green. I don't know if it's uh, simply because he's coming back from the year off and, and he needed time to acclimate himself to the game again. Um, but he's a, he's a true veteran. I, I, I really believe he will battle. This could be a game we see Green um, get back to business. But at this point for fantasy, I cannot play A.J. Green. I'm recommending him to be sat this week uh, simply because uh, I'm, I can't risk it anymore. It's been three weeks of, of null points and I cannot do it again. Jacksonville, on the other hand, they are 1-2. and two. They disappointed last week, but they found glory and gold in this youngster, James Robinson. I like this kid a lot. He does look like the real deal. I had question marks. Like I said, I went back and reviewed his tape. I believe I said this on the last episode, um, and, and he's, he looks good. 
He looks good. You can't say anything bad about his game right now. He can catch the ball. He's good in pass pro. He's he's very quick. I just want to see if he can continue this uh, volume and to be this productive with this volume because now defensive coordinators will have tape on the man. They will understand what they need to do to stop him and stifle him, and perhaps uh, we could see um, DJ Reader play a big part for the Bengals in stopping him, but with that, I mean, the Bengals have been given up a mammoth amount of rushing yards. I believe it's over 150 yards per game. Um, so I fully expect James Robinson to have another monster. He's catching balls. DJ Chark is coming back. That's a big lift. So, I mean, Gardner Minshew should have a much better performance than he did a week ago. Um, I, I, I completely expect a full bounce back. But when you look at Joe Burrow's numbers, he's 91 for 141. He's thrown 141 passes in three games. At this rate, he's not even going to have a shoulder left. I mean, the coaching staff really need to start using Joe Mixon. I have Joe Mixon on my cautionary sit list this week simply because how much more can we handle? If you have Mixon, I get it. You probably used a first or second round pick to get him. I mean, and and we typically say player studs, and I still believe Mixon's a stud. Don't get me wrong. I just think that this offensive line is that bad. I think that the way that they're trying to utilize them isn't great. Um, why not install the screen pass? Why not install the checkdowns? And that will also open up your wide receivers for Joe Burrow. I don't know. I, I really want to see something change. I think that right now uh, Mixon is very high risk. I get it. You're going to get up against the Jaguars who aren't the best against the run. Um, and and if, if Mixon does hit, then I'm okay with that even on my bench. That's me personally. I totally understand you have to play him because you drafted him. Uh, don't hate it whatsoever. And if he hits, then great. But don't be surprised if you see another 8 to 10, 11 point game, no touchdown, uh, limited receptions because um, Joe Burrow is just throwing to everyone else but Joe Mixon. So I'm going with the Bengals in that contest. I think they win it. Um, the spread was what, three points? I could see it. I could see them covering. I don't hate that one bit. So next game I have is there Cleveland Browns going up against the Dallas Cowboys. I'm in love with this Cowboys offense. I truly am. At this point, you don't even have to think about it. You can start every single player on this offense. You can start Dak, Zeke, Cooper. You can even throw Gallup back in there now, CD Lamb, and then even the tight end, Dalton Schultz. I mean, I'm loading them all up. I'm good with it all, especially when you're going up against a team like the Cleveland Browns. They're going to try to scheme up ways to stop Amari Cooper. Then you're going to try to scheme up ways to stop CD Lamb. So now what's left is you have passes to Dalton Schultz and Michael Gallup. This is what's going to happen. And and even in that attempt to stop the other talents, they're still going to feast and they're still going to eat. So, I mean, I could see a massive day coming from all sides um, from this, uh, this Dallas offense. Zeke Elliott could be running wild and maybe that will hinder the, the offensive output in the pass game because it might be easier. Um, but I still believe that uh, the way this offense is constructed right now, you can easily see a 35 point showing on a weekly basis. I mean, it's, it's, it's there for the taking coach. Mike McCarthy has them flying on all cylinders and I, and I love it. 110 percent where i could see the the cleveland browns actually competing in this contest is using and riding nick chubb i mean the dallas cowboys run defense is not quite there they do have a great pass rush so if you alden smith has been tearing things up so i mean if you decide to throw with baker mayfield you might be in a world of hurt because he could be plastered on that turf I do believe, this is one thing I wrote in that article as well, is that I do believe that star talent always comes out to play and show up each other. Odell Beckham is that star. We haven't seen it in Cleveland as much. We really haven't. I mean, the chemistry hasn't been there for Baker and Odell to find it. But this is a game that I believe we could see it. I saw Odell tweeting today. Um, he, He doesn't look happy. He looks upset. So, I mean, this is one of those things that... These are one of these games. This is a statement game. He wants to be put back on the map. I mean, you're playing in Dallas, man. You're playing on the big stage. Everyone's going to be watching you. And you want to showcase. Everyone's seen it. Don't get me wrong. Everyone knows what Odell Beckham can do. But everyone's uh, wavering on you, wavering on the fact that you're not putting up the stats you used to. They're questioning your ability. This is the game that you get back on the map. And it go against the Dallas Cowboys. Do I believe that they, they have enough to win? 
I mean, I just I can't see it. I can't see the the Cleveland Browns winning this game whatsoever. They can they compete? Absolutely, but they need to stick to the ground game. They need to control the clock. They need to keep the ball out of the hands of Dak Prescott. Otherwise, it could get very very ugly. Nick Chubb is my uh, uh, great start this week. No question about it. You're never benching him, but, I mean, uh, with with him and Kareem Hunt, the way that they're rolling, I'm totally fine with playing both of them. I, th- I thought I saw Kareem Hunt come up with an injury, but they said that it wasn't overly serious. So then that also bodes the to me that they may give Chubb the 20 carries and try and exploit the pl- uh, the pass to Odell Beckham in this contest. I'm still taking the Cowboys. They get back to 2-2. Two and two. Dak Prescott has a monster day i believe and and i mean this cowboys offense is favored by five points i believe they cover i really do next game we have is the minnesota vikings 0-3 going to the houston texans 0-3 here's one thing i really truly believe this houston texans team is better than what they've been showing they had the unfortunate circumstance of the league uh, giving them the three toughest defenses to start and and with no training camp and with no real off season to speak of that's just murder um that that was completely unfair you had the baltimore ravens you had the kansas city chiefs or reverse that and then you had the pittsburgh steelers that is a task and a half to put up with and and they didn't fare very well here's the thing that i want to see from the houston texans this week I really want to see them start to utilize their speed. They are favored by three and a half points against the Minnesota Vikings, who put on a show last uh, last week through the air. They still lost to the Titans. Um, they didn't get COVID, which was good, but they still lost to the Titans. And the pass game was working. Justin Jefferson got into the mix. Now did he replace Stephon Diggs? We'll get to that. But when it comes to the Houston Texans, I want to really see the dedication to the speed. Spread the field. Spread it with Will Fuller. He's playing. He was dealing with that hamstring. I heard he's playing. Brandon Cooks has speed. Utilize it. Get Kenny Stills on those four-man wide receivers. Use the speed. Stretch the field. Then start using David Johnson in the pass game, short passes. Use him in the ground attack. I believe DJ gets in the end zone this week. I mean, I get it. Your offensive line isn't the best, but utilize what you have and do it properly. Deshaun Watson is like that thoroughbred in the in the stable waiting to run. And I mean, by run, I mean throw the ball. You just haven't done that yet, Bill O'Brien. I really don't understand, and, and I can't fathom to understand what it is that you're trying to do with this offense. You got rid of Hopkins. Fine. You know, you felt you wanted to have this more balanced unit. You did that. You traded for Cooks. You you traded for David Johnson. Now you have this more rounded offensive crew. Use them properly. I can't understand this, and I get so frustrated when I watch their games because they're not doing anything that they should be doing with the horses they have on the field. Simple as that. If if you're not going to spread the ball around to all the speedy wide receivers, how do you expect the safeties to not creep up on David Johnson? This is what they're doing. And then David Johnson has no holes to run through because they're not afraid of the deep pass because you're not even attempting it. So, I mean, if that doesn't uh, get rectified in this contest, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota takes advantage um, and, and does what they did last week. That's the, They can obviously still do it. They showed it. Uh, Kirk Cousins, he played very well last week. He found Jefferson to the tune of massive numbers. And, I mean, I could see that again. So when we start talking about those Minnesota Vikings, the defense is the problem. We knew this. I, I, I've, I've said this so many times on the show that I was terrified of their secondary simply because everyone was gone. Every All their top-end free agents, they left. And, and, and what were you left with was not very much. You still have Harrison Smith. He's a great player. You have Hughes. He's a good player. But, I mean, that's all you got. And now you lost Anthony Barr on defense. You got big problems. Big problems. I heard uh, Hunter's not coming back. He's going for surgery on a second opinion. Uh, He's not going to be back for a while. So all you really have is Ngakwe on that line um, creating pressure. So the defense is susceptible to being beat deep and being beat big. You won't have much pressure. Deshaun Watson, he should have a lot more time in this contest. So if you set up the run game, you set up the play action pass, you even you can you can utilize Randall Cobb over the middle. 
you know, create the mismatches on the field. This is what I want to see. As for the Vikings, do I believe that they can compete in this game? I do, of course. Um, they showed it last week that this offense is not ready to say die. Dalvin Cook will have a big game. No question about it. I think that now it once this is the interesting aspect I want to see. I, I spoke about Justin Jefferson. I was a big fan. I mean, you see my scouting report. It's all over social media. I compared him to Victor Cruz um, before the season started. It was it was during the draft combine process. Everything about his game reminds me of Victor Cruz. He, he's very much, he's quick, he's nimble, he can get open, he's a good route runner, he's, he's much better in the jump ball than people give him credit for, and he's just an elite playmaker, like he is an elite, elite talent. This is why the Minnesota Vikings took the chance and traded Stephon Diggs to the Buffalo Bills in hopes to get a player of this caliber. He showed it last week. Okay, we can see that again this week because the Texans defense isn't up to par either. We could easily see it. We could see uh, Thielen and, and, and Jefferson become what Diggs and Thielen were. We definitely could. It's not out of the question. I could see a very high scoring contest in this one. When we start talking about the spread, I mean, it's three and a half points for the Texans. I'm I think I called I can't remember what I called on the article but I I think it's going to be at this point it's going to be closer than three and a half points I think it could be a three-point game but turnovers are going to play massive part in this game in this one turnovers are going to mean everything so I mean I want to see I want to say the Houston Texans win this game if they play it right if Houston set does what I'm saying they utilize the speed I think they can win this game and, and get back uh, uh, out of the 0-3 column. They need to get that win. Next game I have is the Seattle Seahawks traveling to Miami to face the Dolphins. This is a complete mismatch. Seahawks are favored by six points. I'm basically firing up, firing up all the Hawks players. Russell Wilson obviously is playing at MVP levels. He is unstoppable right now. I mean, what does his stats look like? He is just on fire. 79 for 103, 925, 14 touchdowns, and only one interception. That is MVP play, everyone. That is what you do when you're pushing for that MVP. That's what you're doing. I got to spend some time on my guy, Tyler Lockett. I'm calling him my guy now because I, he wasn't. He wasn't in the past, and I admittedly was wrong. I had to point that out on, on another episode that I did on another show simply because so I wasn't a hater of Tyler Lockett. It was more about the fact that I didn't believe that he could be that top-end commodity. Um, but now what you're trying, what you're starting to see is his entire game come around. Some of my colleagues feel the same. They were pushing this uh, before and saying Tyler Lockett is that true, quiet, elite uh, wide receiver. And I was still, no, I, I want to see more. But, I mean, he truly is. I was wrong on this guy. He, he does everything well. He belongs in the breakout category. I mean, he's been in the league long enough that breakout is really no more, quote, unquote, on uh, uh, for him to break out. I mean, do we see many five, six-year wide receivers break out? No. Um, but I mean, he's been doing it consistent for so long. It's just that he didn't have the support. Now you have DK Metcalf helping him along the way. Now there is no more double teams. There's no more safeties and linebackers helping out with it with, without fear that some other receiver is going to take it deep. And now you got DK doing that for him. Now we're starting to see, uh, what Tyler Lockett truly, truly is. Chris Carson is a questionable game time decision as well with that twisted knee. Um, I've heard likely he'll start, but I don't understand this one. I really don't so i put this in there um as a as a potential watch definitely watch the the injury reports for this because carlos hyde could be the guy i'm still holding out hope for this i mean i i spent some uh, uh free agent dollars uh this week uh, maybe a little too much thinking that carson was out um it may backfire but i'm still holding out hope because um if carson sits i mean this is a glorious opportunity for uh, Russell Wilson to just throw it how many times get a big lead and then the rest of the game belongs to Carlos Hyde I mean we could definitely see that lots of winning garbage time points and perhaps a touchdown to just seal the deal as for Miami Fitzpatrick's gonna try his best um, I don't hate the Preston Williams start I don't hate uh, the Devontae Parker start simply because Ryan Fitzpatrick is gonna be throwing all day long I will not be surprised if he throws 50 passes in this game because he's gonna try to keep up with Russell Wilson I mean that's that's basically how this game is going to go. 
I really don't like Miles Gaskin in this contest simply because, like I said, they're going to be throwing, um, and, and the defense will not know what hit him. Six points. I am taking it all the way to the bank. I am not even thinking twice. L.A. Chargers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they are playing this week. I was a little bit disappointed in what Justin Herbert put on the field last week. Um, but again, like I, I mentioned earlier in the show with the Carolina Panthers, it was that Joe uh, Joe Brady and Matt Rule, the coaching effect from college, they were able to understand what he does well, and they basically shut him down. This week, I am concerned because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do have a very sound run defense. Um, so do we see Austin Eckler and, and Joshua Kelly um, perform well? I'm cringing. I really am cringing about that. I think Eckler could do some damage in the in the pass game, get that PPR points, but Josh Kelly is a play only if you have to, in my opinion. I don't think he might save his day on, on a goal line carry for a touchdown, but outside of that, I'm, I'm pretty scared. I'm pretty scared to play Josh Kelly this week simply because of how good that Tampa defense is. As for the Buccaneers, I mean, what can you say? Tom Brady, he's been trying to get and build that chemistry. No Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones will have the start. No Chris Godwin, Mike Evans will be back in effect to be the number one target. We saw Rob Gronkowski get more action into the game last week. Um, but I really want to see Justin Herbert play a lot better than what he did last week. Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry need to be um, big weapons in this game. I'm really concerned about Hunter Henry as well. I think that uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense has enough, especially with that Antoine Winfield Jr. I was preaching this kid too, former uh, or son of former Buffalo Bill great and uh, Minnesota Viking great Antoine Winfield, the defensive back. He has everything that his dad had and more. He is a great talent if you see uh, any part of this game check him out and watch him he is the safety for the Buccaneers and he does damage he is all over the field I think PFF uh, pro football focus had him as the fifth already the fifth ranked uh, safety in the NFL so check him out he is a stud and a half um, seven points for the Buccaneers I, I don't remember what I said but I think I took uh, Tampa Bay to win this one simply because rookie troubles might uh, continue um, unless that ground game gets going. So we'll see how that transpires. Tom Brady has, has more than enough to get by and beat a rookie. So I'm going with the Buccaneers. Baltimore Ravens and the Washington football team won't spend a whole heck of a lot of time on this. I will basically say for Washington purposes, no Chase Young, so your defense takes a massive hit in that department. Um, it's going to be very difficult for you to pressure Lamar Jackson without Chase Young. Everything gets thrown out at this point. Um, you're going to have to adjust on the fly because Lamar is going to be pissed after that last contest versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Dwayne Haskins is going to be on a short leash. I do believe in this contest he may not get out of this contest with his starting job if he continues to turn the ball over. Three interceptions, one fumble last week is not something uh, coach Ron Rivera is going to deal with very well. He will replace you and move on to Kyle Allen um, to see what he has. And then perhaps we see Alex Smith, but that would be um, crazy in my opinion, based on his injury history. Um, but Kyle Allen is the next man up and I would not be shocked to see that happen. Terry McLaurin had just popped up on the injury report on Friday. He has a quad. So watch that. He may not suit up. I heard that's a game time decision as well. Injuries, people, they're piling up everywhere. I mean, no matter what it is, you're going to find yourself shorthanded at some point this season. If you haven't right now, consider yourself lucky because it could be coming. Um, but, I mean, for the rest of this contest, I mean, what can you say? The Baltimore Ravens. They are going to be playing angry. I put out a tweet the other day, and when you really break it down, it, it, it simply goes to the fact that the Baltimore Ravens are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're not running the ball the way that they should be. What was what was the stats I put up? Okay, so here, listen to this. So 2019 rush stats. We had 596 rush attempts for 3,296 yards and 21 touchdowns. Okay, that was their total rush offense last season. That's big numbers. Ingram was 202 carries for 1018. Lamar, seven, 176 carries for 1206. Man, he had 1,200 yards rushing himself. Gus Edwards, 133 for 7, 11, 
and then Justice Hill added 58 for 225. Okay, are you ready for this year's stats? And I, I did it for projections, okay? We're only in, in week three after last week, so this is the projections I had. It was they are projected, if they continue down this pace, to go 469 attempts. That's negative 127 from last season. 2,661 yards. That's negative 635 from last season. 16 touchdowns, negative 5 from the season prior. Ingram's carries, 138 for only 608 yards. That is gross. Lamar Jackson, 170 for 970. J.K. Dobbins fills in for Justice Hill this year. He's going to go roughly the same, go 53 for 405, and Gus Edwards, 96 for 672. So what do you take from all of that? Run the damn ball. How can you argue that? How can you argue any point of that to say that you wonder why you haven't been as dominant? Okay, you're trying to make Lamar Jackson something that he isn't quite there yet. Okay, Patrick Mahomes took the step. Okay, that that was his game. Okay, he wasn't the run first quarterback. Lamar Jackson is. He will, excuse me, he will take the first read and go. He'll take the second read and go. That's what he does. Okay, until he refines that point of his game, which I think he can do. I'm not saying he won't be able to, but I mean, once and until he can refine that point of his game, you got to stick with what's working for this team, and that's be run heavy, RPO, set up the play action pass. That's how you win games. We saw it last year. You were a dominant team. Don't overcoach yourself, John Harbaugh. Don't take yourselves out of the contest because you want to be something that you are not at this point. That's what drives me crazy with some of these NFL coaches, and that's what separates the great ones from the good ones. Bill Belichick, look what he did with Rex Burkhead last week. I'll get to that too, but that is the point I'm trying to get at. Don't outcoach yourself. Use the players you have and use them well. That's all you need to do, and you will win contests. The support system in the pass game for the Ravens is also a problem. I truly want to see Devin DuVernay um, have a much larger role on this offense. I think by week six, you will see that happen. He is a true uh, uh, speedster. I mean, you saw it on that kick return. I mean, go again. I, I reviewed him on the scouting report. You can check that out on social media as well on Instagram. I have the scouting reports there for view. Um, but the Ravens, 14 points right now. I think I had them at 12 and a half. I took the 12 and a half. I think they're going to come in angry and they're just going to demolish the Washington football team. Going to another lopsided contest, the L.A. Rams going up against the New York Giants. New York Giants are 0-3. Rams lost a heartbreaker to the Bills last week as they had it right in their hands. And and Josh Allen, ice cold in his veins, decided to snag that game. But, I mean, again, 12.5 points. I'm excited for this game simply because of fantasy football. I am starting Cooper Cup. I am starting Robert Woods. Daryl Henderson is definitely locked into my lineup. I'm even playing Jared Goff because he has been playing phenomenal these past two weeks. Um, Sean McVay, Coach Sean McVay, has this offense humming uh, to the tune of how they were when they went to uh, deep in the playoffs of the Super Bowl. Um, this offense is climbing back. They, they are still missing that one deep shot piece that they had with Brandon Cooks. That doesn't seem um, at this point to be there. They haven't tried it enough with Van Jefferson. I think that could be something that they're going to look at and explore. Um, but they, they're, they're definitely missing that deep shot when it comes to Brandon Cooks because now safeties are not afraid that you're going to kill them deep, and, and that is what has been the issue. But now you supplant that with having a good run game with Henderson. I don't foresee him not giving this job up unless he totally stumbles um, at all. I think Henderson is the real deal now. I wasn't uh, – I, I, won't, I don't want to say I wasn't on board, but I definitely question the skill set. He is a smaller guy. I believe he's 5'7 or 5'8", so I mean – that always comes into play. I mean, but he's put together pretty well. He's two over two hundred five pounds. Um, so I, I'm I'm liking his skill set. The way he ran against the Bills showed me a lot, and I was I was very impressed. As for these Giants, what can you say about these Giants? I mean, Aaron Donald and company are just going to be all over uh, Daniel Jones. I really feel sorry for him. They have no run game. This is probably the contest we see Devonte Freeman take more of the touches. 
Um, but they essentially had no run game last week, the Giants, um, and it, it looked ugly. Um, we, this is going to be another lost season for New York. I mean, I feel bad for the New York teams at this point. The, the big blue is not looking good. They're, they're pegged going into this game. They're going to go 0-4. I don't see this happening. I mean, Daniel Jones just continuously turns the ball over. His decision-making is absolutely horrible. Don't like it whatsoever. Only bright spot is Darius Slayton. He may be able to get deep, beat, uh, beat uh, one of the corners deep, um, but potentially he does see Jalen Ramsey, so that's going to be a tough day for him as well. I don't really see the Giants doing much in this contest. 12.5 points. I am going Rams all day long. Big contest in the uh, afternoon, late, uh, early evening slate is the New England Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a good one. I like this one a lot simply because Patrick Mahomes, he showed me again, I mean, why they're the Super Bowl champions last week on Monday Night Football. They came out strong. Baltimore, to their credit, they adjusted well. And Mahomes, he still he still kept going. I mean, you could see the high-octane level started to come down um, in that second half as Baltimore was attempting to play better defense. And it, it did happen. I mean, it came back a little bit, and it came came down from levels. That game could have been easily 42 points had the Ravens not adjusted the way they did on defense. Um, but going into this contest, going against Cam Newton, I mean, the, the Chiefs are favored by, what, seven points. Seven points. I still want to see, out of this Kansas City offense, I want to see more Tyreek Hill. I want to see more McCole Hardman. I think that's where you're going to start understanding how talented and good this Kansas City Chiefs team really is. Again, again, they look better on defense than they did last year. They didn't. They didn't miss a beat after winning that Super Bowl. With what did they pick up around the Week 12 mark last year, and they rode that all the way to the Super Bowl. They they look the same. They look they look so damn good on defense. Like they they're not the the dominating elite unit, but what they do is they pressure extremely well. They make the mistakes happen. They force and they're opportunistic. That's what I really enjoy watching. I mean, Tyron Matthews again all over the field. He is the the, the catalyst in that back end that makes everything happen. And I mean, uh, you got Patrick Mahomes, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire looked very good um, last week. I mean, they they involved him more in the past game so perhaps we see that as well so i mean with how many weapons you have on this offense i just want to see a little bit more tyreek a little bit more mccall hardman utilize that speed as well so that we could see that explosion happen even more win-win for fantasy football of course i mean that's what we want to see when it comes to the new england patriots i mean i'm intrigued i mean this is bill belichick cam newton has played fairly well we can't really say many negatives he didn't look great last week but i mean he's still he's still 62 of 91. I mean, that's a good completion percentage. They leaned upon Rex Burkhead last week. No James White for two weeks. Obviously, again, he had he was dealing with the family issue. Um, but now he, he is pegged to return. I saw him at practice. So perhaps we see a greater role for James White this week. Uh, maybe Cam Newton utilizes him more. Um, the receiving core is a question mark outside of Julian Edelman. I really want to see more um, before I can get overly excited. Cam Newton, I think that's where the struggle uh, lies, is that he just doesn't have enough weapons um, in the receiving core. Uh, the running back room, clearly you can utilize Rex Burkhead. You can throw in James White. You can have Sony Michelle, and you're rolling. So maybe that is the key, like we thought. Okay, At the beginning of the season, they had to be more run-heavy because they just don't have the horses in the receiving room that is going to help Cam, but he looked good against the Seahawks, and he's going to lift his game up to play against Super Bowl champions, and of course, with Bill Belichick, you can never count them out. Seven points, I think, is a little too nice, um, so I'm going to go with the under, even though Kansas City still wins this game, in my opinion. Next contest on the board we have is the Buffalo Bills and the Las Vegas Raiders. Buffalo looks fantastic, yo, okay? I'm removing all my fandom as I always do. I have to uh, say that so that everyone understands that I'm not just preaching homership uh, because I'm a Bills Mafia supporter. But, I mean, if you watch any of the Bills games so far this season, Josh Allen is progressing the way that I had been saying, okay? This is what I was saying all along, all along. Every single week you wanted to see something that he was improving upon. All the masses. He can't throw accurately. There wasn't any touch. Yeah, at the beginning, he was a work in progress. We said this. He was a prototype with great skills. 
He can throw the deep ball like no other. He can rush the ball like no other. Look at what he's doing on the ground. He's bowling over linebackers. Yes, that is still uh, hampering his overall game because he's turning the ball over with the fumbles. That needs to be cleaned up. Okay, but when you're talking about his accuracy, he has hit under 70 percent once so far this uh, this season in three games. And that was 68 percent completions outside of that. He's been above 70 percent. How can you argue with that? He I believe he's a league leader in passing yards right now. He's the first I saw the record to have back to back games with four touchdowns. I, I was shocked at that record. I mean, if I'm wrong on that one, someone someone tell me, because I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure that's what I heard. Um but he's playing lights out. Now as the Bills continue to roll offensively, now you're going to start to see the installation process continue to unfold. Uh, uh, Dable, the offensive coordinator for Buffalo, is already installing screen passes, the bubble screens to the wide receivers. You have digs going all over the field, the integration with the tight ends on the play action on the goal line. Like they literally had, what, four chances on the goal line last week against the, the Rams when they were up 21-3, to and they hit it three times in a row when do you see that from an offense when do you see that from the five yard line they go in and they hit a touchdown three times they were called back on penalties that's why they had to continue to do it this team is moving in the right direction they're ascending in the right direction and watch out for these buffalo bills the defense i'm a little bit upset about at this point i mean i was hoping to see more rushing to the quarterback haven't seen enough pressure yet the linebacking core i said this and the in the offseason they definitely Buffalo uh, coach uh, or uh, GM Brandon Bean, he missed the boat. He needed to get a a linebacker on this club as well to support Matt Milano and uh, Tremont Edmonds. Um, it was a it was a need. It definitely was a need. I mean, but I'm not saying that Brandon Bean has done a bad job. Him and Sean McDermott have done a wonderful job with this club. No question about it. We got uh, Josh Norman comes back off the IR this week. I don't know if he's going to play, but I know he's been practicing, so that will be interesting to see uh, Norman play opposite of uh, uh, Trey White and then having Hyde and Poyer uh, being the, the main men in the back. So perhaps that's what Brandon Bean sees, that Poyer and Hyde are making up for the linebacker core. But this is why the Bills still continue to give up massive yards in the run game. Of course, no star Lotalele. He opted out. That also hurts hurts you as well i think if his presence was on that line you would see a more stout rush d uh d for the buffalo bills the vegas raiders on the other hand they are hampered and injured no henry ruggs no brian edwards waller is dealing with injuries uh we had controversy because Derek carr and waller were at a charity event and they were seen not wearing masks not social distancing and there was a risk of covid uh, uh from that event as well so the nfl is definitely going to be uh, cracking down on them um, injuries will play the role. I think that the Raiders have no choice in this contest. They will have to lean on players like Hunter Renfro and Nelson Aguilera, um, which is decent. It's not not uh, crazy, but, I mean, they won't get beat deep in that case. Um, the Buffalo Bills defense won't. So they're going to be playing close to the line. Uh, Josh Jacobs is going to be their main, main source of offense, and then they're going to try to pick you apart, nickel and dime you down the field. I just don't see it. I don't think that they have enough. Buffalo and Josh Allen are in a complete different uh, stratosphere at this point. I mean, uh, the Raiders are building in the right direction, even though they did beat the New Orleans Saints. I mean, without Ruggs, without Edwards, I mean, this is what your offense is built upon is to be that uh, uh, keep the streaker down the field that is rugs because no team wants to get beat deep. So you remove that safety with no rugs. You don't have that deep threat. Buffalo can now maximize their their potential and use how their uh, their defense, how they're using, stop the run and cover the short pass. So I think this is going to be uh, – I don't think it's going to be close whatsoever as we get in the second half. But, hey, we'll see the Raiders. I won't uh, I won't count them out, but I'm, I'm going with Buffalo to go 4-0 for the first time in many years years josh allen continues to roll we have the philadelphia eagles taking on the san francisco 49ers on sunday night football and again injuries man this game is a hot mess hot mess all over i saw at practice uh what was it today friday they had the Eagles, they had no, they had one wide receiver practice today. Everyone else was inactive. Greg Ward was the only pass catcher on the field. 
and that scares the hell out of me. That should scare all you Eagle fans. Um, it is just not a good situation for you. The San Francisco 49ers are also injured, but they still looked good. I mean, Nick Mullins, he was playing very well. Then you still have Jarek McKinnon. You had Jeff Wilson, who I said start last week. I'm, I'm still thinking at this point, I mean, uh, there is no Raheem Mostert. Um, Debo Samuel is back. I don't believe I saw a word on George Kittle. I think he might be sitting out again this week. Um, but, I mean, with Debo, with Ayuk, he played well. So now Nick Mullins is, is, is open to pass the ball. I think you got some, you got some skill. And, and, and depending on how much pressure they can get on Nick Mullins, I think the 49ers run the ball extremely well. I think Jeff Wilson has a very big role also. Carson Wentz in this O-line is just looking god-awful. I can't handle it. I mean, if you are a Philly supporter and if you have players for Philly, I mean, who can you really play outside of Miles Sanders? Really, who can you play? Um, Greg Ward, okay, he's going to likely get the target share, but are you willing to risk it? I don't know if I am. I mean, that's that you got to be pretty desperate um, at the wide receiver position to play him, in my opinion, because this game could get ugly really fast. Seven points. I cringed at that. I can't remember who I took. I think I might have took the under on that one, um, simply because I think that the Eagles and Carson Wentz, uh, the coaching staff, they understand what they have to do. So it's about execution, and I believe that they will have something to do with it to at least kill the spread. But the 49ers playing at home um, with Sam. Samuel with Ayuk should be very uh, interesting to watch. That's for damn sure. I think the speed that they're going to have on the field with Jarek McKinnon and Samuel and Ayuk is going to be something to watch. Um, it's going to be intriguing uh, to say the least. But uh, defensively, the 49ers are susceptible now without Joey Bosa, but they still have talents. I heard D Ford is coming back. So I still think that the 49ers win this contest. The Eagles go into free fall mode and they will go 0-4. Sorry for your luck, Eagles fans. Monday Night Football to conclude the week. Atlanta and Green Bay. The Packers are favored by seven points. I haven't heard news yet on Devontae Adams or Julio Jones. They typically get the Saturday practice to evaluate those injuries. Um, and that's a tough one. I mean, if, if both Devontae Adams and Julio Jones do suit up for this contest, we got to show people. This is going to be a phenomenal contest. Either way, I still believe, like I've been breaking down the Falcons I mean, you got to feel bad for this club at this point. You really, truly do. I mean, you, you drop the game to the Cowboys like you did with that huge lead. You had a, you built yourself another lead against the Bears. They throw in Nick Foles, and your defense collapses again. Your offensive play calling isn't enough to, to keep the lead and run the clock. I don't understand what the hell is going on in that department um, when it comes to how you are – not able to close out a game because what you think you score 25 to 30 points, you can just take your foot off the gas. Keep going. Why are you stopping? I don't understand this. Why are you not running with Todd Gurley at that point? I, I, I just simply don't get it. I mean, I get it. The, the Gurley thing, I maybe I'm speaking a little out of context because, I mean, he has been uh, uh, having struggles finding open lanes. I mean, yes, he is a 4.02 um, yards per carry, but, I mean, 49 carries isn't a lot, but the yardage just hasn't been there. Um, the big plays just haven't been there. Calvin Ridley, clearly stud. He is breaking out this season, um, but the Packers, they lost Alan Lazard. He, he had a sports hernia injury. And now he is gone for at least five to eight weeks. I mean, that's a big blow. So if Devontae Adams doesn't come back, you're extremely shorthanded at the wide receiver position. Perhaps they, they lift uh, Robert Foster up to the lineup. I, I think he's on the practice squad. But then you got MVS, uh, Valdez Scantling. Um, and, and then, I don't know, I mean, you got Bagleton, uh, the kid from the, the CFL. So, I mean... I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be tough if Devontae doesn't play. When it comes to Julio, I think that they can still recover without Julio. Um, Julio gives them that other dynamic to be that much more explosive, but Hayden Hurst can definitely play. Um, clearly, Russell Gage is that other player that they need back. You can't have all of them out. Julio and Gage left last week, and that was a big problem. 
uh, or Julio didn't play and Gage got a concussion last week, I should say. Um, and that was a problem. So now that kind of aided in the uh, comeback win for the Bears and, and, and definitely definitely is a big problem. So if Gage plays along with uh, Ridley, then I think you're still okay. I think that you can definitely compete in this contest. I still think it's going to be a shootout either way. I think both teams are going to play hard. Um, the Green Bay Packers, I love what they're doing with this offense. I mean, again, you wish that the injuries weren't there, but the way that they're utilizing Aaron Jones on the ground and in the pass game is something to be seen. No question. He has lifted it up to the next level of him being a top running back in this league, and we're all going to see it in primetime on Monday Night Football. It's going to be glorious. I cannot wait. Um, what was the spread sitting at? I believe the Packers are favored. Yes, they are. Seven and a half or seven points at this point. I still take the under simply because I haven't seen the injury report. Um, if Devonte plays, if Devonte plays, I could see the seven points covered. But again, the Falcons are that good that they will be able to score points and keep this close. I could see it as a three or four point game, perhaps even five points. Uh, I do think the Packers uh, could win this game if. If Adams is playing, if Adams doesn't play, it, it's going to be a very, very tough day, uh, especially without Alan Lazard. Now you're going to have to scrape to the bottom of the barrel for your wide receivers and chemistry will likely be a problem with potential of heavy drops. But I do like Green Bay at home on Monday night football. So, I mean, that is it. That is week four in the books. Injuries are piling up. I really hope that uh, you are able to uh, find players to replace on your fantasy team. It's going to be a dogfight and a struggle all season long because players will continue to get injured. Hopefully we don't have any more COVID outbreaks after this Titan uh, thing gets uh, resolved and, and, and players will take this a little more seriously. I mean, it's only, and I mean, who am I to say, right? But I mean, it, it is only a 16 week season. So, I mean, let's get it. Let's, let's do it. Let's have the fun. And then, you know, you can get back to life hopefully after that. So, so on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore ADF one. You can find the show on Twitter at ADF underground to all the listeners. Thank you for all the support. We truly appreciate you. And uh, until next time, stay humble, stay peaceful, and take care of each other. I'm out. <laughs>